Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we're continuing our look at The Cult, the 1989-1990 uh, uh, DC Comics miniseries by Jim Starlin and Bernie Wrightson with color art by Bill Ray. You were saying you love Wrightson's or uh, Starlin's writing. Yeah, um, it goes by so quickly. I mean, I know it's a comic book and all, but there's a lot there. It's pretty meaty. I think it's longer than a regular issue. Um, but I just, I love this. I mean, I mean uh, the the subject matter of cult and like murder and these things is is hard to swallow. But like the art is amazing. The writing is it flows so quickly. And I love the lettering too. It just leads you along too. Like the, the, this is like world-class comic, superhero comic building, you know? Yeah, that's John Costanza doing the lettering. I mean, the guy's been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, him with Wrightson's art too, just like perfectly leads your, your eyes through the page. Mm-hmm. But uh, the writing, yeah, the writing's uh, uh, just amazing. Really yeah. brings a story to life. And like more than that, like really gets inside of Batman's head in a way that we don't usually get inside his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. So it's a it's really fun to see that Batman was like battling internally. And this is a blueprint of how to start a cult, it sounds like, you know. <laughs> you <laughs> right. drug them, you make them really desperate. And then uh, of course, um Deacon, what is it? Deacon Black or yeah, Deacon Black, right? Deacon Black, he's got like a luxurious room for himself. It's kind of like out of place. Why would you want to have a room in the sewer that looks luxurious? Like, why don't you go live in a better place? Well, that was one of the bits that I thought was really well done here too, because like, you know, Batman's wandering around through the through the subway or through the the uh, yeah, I guess the abandoned uh, sewers. Um, unlocks this door, picks the lock on the door, and all of a sudden comes across this great opulence. And it's like, this is just beautiful, right? And so it's it like really kind of turns the story in a way because mm-hmm. it gives you an idea like, you know, he is the pretty plush surroundings for a messiah. You know, the deacons, it gives an idea of more what the deacon's all about and how he's profiting from it, mm-hmm. which it makes it feel even more like a cult too because, you know, the cult leaders are always the ones who are rich and sleep with all the women and all that stuff yeah except deacon doesn't have any women here <laughs> no <laughs> right that's the only thing he, it doesn't fit but um yeah i love that that bit right yeah yeah um it's pretty crazy. i mean maybe i i want to say the first page the coloring i'm assuming that's that's bill ray right like all the coloring because it's so good I, I want to have that painting on my wall, like with Batman in the background. I, I mean, it's beautiful. It's hand colored too, I'm sure. So it's not digital, but it looks like so much like hand spatter and stuff. He must've spent a long time getting all the detail right for himself. I mean, how did you think they did it back then? Did they like cut it out and do a collage? Yeah, I think it's an overlay. Mm. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, right, right. <laughs> That's right. Because I used to do those overlays in vellum. I have a one page somewhere that, that uses the, well, you've seen it in the original art books, right? That's right. I just realized, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. It's like an overlay. It's beautiful. 
just it is beautiful right and it's completely dislocating like you have no idea what's going on at that point mm-hmm. and the whole bit with the with Wrightson's image too of of a uh, two-faced shooting his gun and a whole bunch of angles at the same time yeah i mean Wrightson's storytelling in this comic is like incredible it is it's it's amazing it's and it starts with the first page here right with mm-hmm. with the whole se- sequence of um Two face shooting the machine gun, and you see different bullets going through Batman's cape, and then you flip, and you get more just sequences in motion. Mm-hmm. And he loves the bit where you focus on one image, and then he has like different focuses on that image. You know, the whole bit where Two Face turns into Commissioner Gordon. It's just so nice looking. It's just so well done. Yeah, I mean With that same awesome background behind it too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Like it. It basically shows like Batman. I guess it starts off with him hallucinating about Two Face, who's shooting at him, and then he grabs his gun and kills Two Face, and then he gets this like almost like this relief, like oh, that feels so good to kill. <laughs> Why didn't I do it before? And then he he's kind of battling internally, and then Two Face's body turns into Jim Gordon in his head, and then that turns into him realizing they're actually like raiding a. Uh, place and killing i'm assuming like um stock market folks like all the homeless like all the all deacon blacks people are like killing some i don't know some financial distress folks and then going back and he's super hungry (laughs) and batman looks completely distressed and frustrated and angry it's another it's an underworld raid on a mafia don's house Oh, it's a mafia don. Sorry, I was actually thinking like uh, I was getting an an analogy between that and um, and the third Batman movie, the Nolan Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, because that would totally fit this. Yeah, I actually think that ba- that that movie took a lot from this. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I guess. Tra- Go ahead. Sorry. Keep going summarize this and just talk about how what this issue is about yeah go ahead um so as i'm i guess mentioned like we see batman having doubts in himself um and the the like he realizes okay well i don't want to kill people but then like i'm indebted to deacon black and like he's shown me the way and uh in one instance we see one of deacon black's followers ratso or rat face mm-hmm. Um, actually commit murder but with the help of batman or brings batman along to commit murder and he's really one of those people who actually is not really a convert he's just like a sick person who just wants to join a cult that kills people and that person gets caught to the detriment of deacon black and the police find out about deacon black and and so now jim gordon is up for it and then at the same time robin is looking for batman and you know, they're wondering like where he's at. And Batman is going back and forth between his loyalty to the cult and at the same time realizing that like he's Batman, he's got to save and he finally comes to and you just kind of follow him around in the bench parks and they're getting some food. And then once he starts to like get some food in him, he realizes that like what he's done and what's going on with him. He goes back into the cult den to try to make a difference and they capture him 
Um, at the same time, Deacon Black's folk people are committing some assassinations of the mayors and the, and the deputy mayor and the council, and then making it seem like it's the mob, which you mentioned they, they kind of killed in the beginning. So there's a lot of like the, the media is showing the cult as something that's good to the city because it's getting rid of the crime, but the police know that there's something more sinister. And Batman is realizing, A, finds out that Deacon Black is actually somebody who's, who, who has got some sinister things behind him. And then finally in the last page spread when Robin comes to save him, uh, you know, Batman is, you know, caught up in the, he's been caught and he kind of runs away and ends up in a place where you see all these dead bodies and that's where the end of the issue is. So you well, do realize that actually like Deacon Black is not a good person, is killing people. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. I bet you uh, uh, Bernie writes a love drawing that last page, the hell page. My God, that two-page spread at the end of the issue is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. The amount of detail and the darkness and the terror in that scene is freaking incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing, except the fact that Robin is still wearing his short shorts. His <laughs> Daisy Dukes in the <laughs> He's got good leg muscles, though. You know, the dude kind he of put off. He does, but it's like, I mean, it's dirty there. I would wear like something. I would want to, yeah, <laughs> be away from all the freaking sludge and stuff. I'm I'm glad they got rid of that costume. Oh yeah. I thought it was gone by this point too, but you know, this is out of continuity. So I suppose it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You did a good job of summarizing why Starlin was such a good writer for this book. Cause there's a lot going on, a lot of different subplots, mm -hmm. a lot of good stuff around like um, how do we know what's true and what's not true? And how do we know uh, what's subjective inside Batman's head and what's really happening mm -hmm. in the scenes? Um and like he Stalin does a great job of kind of bouncing back and forth between that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wrightson, along with I mean, you know, Wrightson and Starlin were probably studio mates at this point. Oh, okay. I, I think. Um, uh, and he Wrightson does all these kind of visual gags to give you a better sense of like what's subjective and objective. Like you were talking about the scene where Ratso is attacking uh the uh the guy who like maybe a pimp or maybe just be just someone who he wants to take revenge against um and you see him so like ratso as he's as he's talking to batman they're hanging out and then you see him like in this um like doorman's outfit and you flip the page and he's you know he looks like an angel carrying a magic sword mm -hmm. with the wings and then he attacks and well, you, you see the the guy who's going to attack and you see him look like a regular person then look like this classic 1970s pimp from a black exploitation film and he then writes and flips back and forth yeah. um, and then the absolute like cascade of blood as Ratso attacks him yeah. um, and there's just there's just like so many like little visual mm -hmm. uh, cues in there that are like make you feel completely confused not a, confused yeah. but because there's nothing confusing about upset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Batman actually, I think you mentioned it, but Ratso turns into the devil the next page and he punches him out and breaks his jaw. And then a cop starts to talk to him and he breaks, he punches the cop out. Mm -hmm. but, um, but actually later on, Deacon Black 
mentions that this person was just a neighbor of Ratso's and he just had like a white girlfriend. He was African-American and Ratso didn't like that. So See? more great writing by, by yeah. Starlin, right? Mm -hmm. Like this subtle characterization. Mm -hmm. And Ratso is just a scumbag. He's just a piece of work. Yeah, nasty ass piece of work. And at this point, go ahead. He was the one that recruited Batman, which is kind of like in the beginning, like getting him to luring him in or something. Yeah, lured him in, really. Yeah, not recruit. Yeah, lured him. Yeah. But seeing Batman kind of fighting between what he knows is right and what what he feels like is is the things he needs to do, like he really gives this issue a real power to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like he really is wrestling with himself you know he really when we see these illusions it's pretty clear you know it's batman's illusions and like there's the scene where he chases the young couple out of central park to, to steal their food like that's leg legitimately like weird and frightening and strange like yeah. what is batman actually doing here mm -hmm. and that great scene on page uh 24 where you see where uh, Batman says, I'm falling apart, losing it. And you see his body go from the Batman image to like being this completely uh, skeleton with all the flesh falling off of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was freaking amazing. Yeah. And conversely, a little bit later, you see him once he eats the food and comes to, he starts to imagine that he's like this king, this knight going back and, you know. Yeah. So it's not all gone. At least it's on the right side. It seems like he's starting to figure out, but he's descending into hell to try and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. The cure may kill me, but it's better than a disease. Fear. Mm -hmm. I have to go back to the sewers. Have to face the deacon. Deacon. We said last time it's got a real kind of Dark Knight Returns feel to it too. Yeah. Like it feels like Frank Miller, like gritty uh, storytelling, but even more so, like mm -hmm. even darker to me. I mean, they do some use some Frank Miller tropes, like the news anchors on TV, you know, like the panels. And definitely, I mean, Frank Miller is that was 86, right? So, yeah. Four years later. Yeah. I got to say, that's a trope that's kind of gotten to bother me after a while. Yeah. The use of like the newspapers or tv mm -hmm. it feels like such a shortcut mm -hmm. you know it's really them telling us not showing us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tangent i was watching uh boz lerman's elvis last night oh nice and um there's all these scenes that the transitions that basically he uses newspaper fake newspaper headlines to transition the scenes and all feels so lazy to me mm. like come on boz you could have done this in a smarter way mm. That's so the one bit of this comic, too, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But everything Actually, else is so strong. I think I may have just skipped it because I know what they're saying. Like the commissioner, James Gordon, when pressed, he mentioned, actually, I read it. But but uh, it's like I would want to skip some of them because like, I know what they're saying. They're saying, like, you know, you read one line, it's the same. But but it's um, it's definitely like you see the influence of Dark Knight Returns. And it's like you, it's gotten us here with, like, dead bodies and, like, damn the comics code authority and batman using a machine gun and killing mobsters you know 
it's hard to imagine how radical this would have felt at the time. And I can't, I didn't buy it back in back at the time. I really regret not buying it now. This is 1990. So around that time, what was big back then? It was like the, where the image guys had not started, right? So it was a lot of Marvel stuff like Spider-Man. Well, the, the image guys were still working at Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like X-Men and Spider-Man was like what people were into. Yeah. Yeah. Liefeld was on New Mutants and stuff like that. But it was also like Ghost Rider. Like the the nineties Ghost Rider, which was you know pretty dark along these same sort of lines, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, DC was trailing Marvel, right? And so, because what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, I feel like that this book would have, should be like one of the classics of that era, and it's not. Yeah, well, maybe maybe we can do a tiny bit to help it be one of the classics of the era because it absolutely feels like it should be. Also, although. We're only halfway through, so we'll see if they land it. Yeah, what's your prediction? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be good. Like, on art alone, this this belongs in every person's library. Yeah, but yeah. You, is it Wrightson's art just freaking off the hook? Mm-hmm. And that color, oh, I just, I think the coloring, Bill Ray and Wrightson, it's just. Well, this came out between May and August of 1989, so it's even older. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I think my trade paperback is 1990. Yeah, that makes sense. This was, um, well, during this time was uh, Morrison on Animal Man and more on Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. They were doing the Mike Grill Green Arrow, which is kind of more ground level. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim Truman did his Hawkworld mini. At this time, mm-hmm. uh, Hellblazer was coming out, so pre-Vertigo time. Sandman was uh, up to issue nine the same month this first issue came out. So um, it wasn't that, like, it kind of fit where DC was at this point, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I can see it being, like, pretty low on the totem pole. Yeah. Although Sandman probably didn't sell that much at that time. Oh, and this was around the time of uh, the Batman movie. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Because August 89, Batman, the official comic adaptation came out. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Batman books that are coming out that pro- people probably bought before this, like Arkham Asylum and mm-hmm. Norm Breifigel stuff. So I, I guess I could see like this being a prestige format, more expensive. So less people even read it. I mean, I know Batman fans know of this story and they probably own it, but most people, the mainstream audience probably does not. Right. So much so that this book is out of print, actually. Is it really? So the trade paperback, I looked it up. It's 50 bucks right now. I should sell it. Huh. You read it. <laughs> I mean, DC was pretty innovative for this time. Because at the same time, Kyle Baker was doing The Shadow, which is a great series. Um, v for Vendetta, their their publishing of that was coming out then. A Wasteland, you ever read the Wasteland horror comic? I have, yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's like an anthology, right? Yeah. So yeah. like DC was trying some different things, but the cult was just its own different kind of spooky mm-hmm. ass series. Mm-hmm. Scarlet I, I... was writing this, was writing Batman at that point too, though. The regular Batman series. Mm. Interesting. 
but yeah, it's uh, I can't wait till the next issues. And it went by really fast. At first, I was like, oh man, this is a long issue. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 it's good. It actually goes by really fast. And like more than that, like I just was like completely caught up in it. Yeah. Maybe that's why I felt like it was really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, you know, I just like, I like, 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 I keep saying. Uh, there are so many scenes that like I was completely captivated in. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't stop staring at, you know, the scene where Batman, where is it, page 13 on, the, on my digital copy, is just sitting in the sewer and you see the water drip, drip, drip for six or seven panels. Mm-hmm. And it's like so dramatic and so interesting and so cleverly done. Uh, it really gives you this feeling of the passage of time. Mm-hmm. When you flip the page on the next page, he's like having this kind of mental freak out. But mm-hmm. like, I keep saying like, sorry, listeners. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, like a devil's tail is wrapping around his head. And then mm-hmm. Ivy, for a second, I thought poison Ivy was going to appear. Then his head, it looks like it's kind of being split into uh, like a, a circle or something. It's mm-hmm. also spooky and strange. I don't think I've ever seen these kind of effects in a Batman story before. Mm-hmm. Really, it's pretty mind blowing. What I like about it is too, they also uh, ripped his Batman emblem out. Yeah, he's got like cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> you see Batman's cleavage because he doesn't have his emblem. He's got like a Power Girl cut out. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh so many great scenes the scene where he breaks through the window to steal food and you got the caveman in one panel and batman on the in the parallel panel it's like so powerful i keep saying Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. clearly not in my game today yeah it's all good i'm so glad we read this yeah, thanks, Jason. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun looking forward to the next two issues. Yeah, me too. Me too. How's he going to get out of something like this? Seems mm-hmm. like the whole world is being, it's got this apocalyptic feel to it. It feels like the whole world is being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least Batman's whole world is being destroyed. All right. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>